Do you feel that in a time when we are more connected than ever, we are drifting away from real human connections, especially to ourselves? I do. Hi, I'm Leticia Latino, and I want to invite you to join me and my very inspiring guests in exploring ways to reconnect to your essence, to your definite purpose, to what makes you tick. Are you ready? Well, hello, everybody. I'm Leticia Latino, host of Back to Basics. And I'm very happy that today I have one of my co-authors on the book, Women in Business, Leading the Way, and also the president and founder of Parkowski Life Safety Corp., Lauren Sostek. How are you doing? And I'm sorry if I, I pronounce every, everybody's names wrong, Lauren. How are you doing? Hi, Leticia. Thank you so much for having me. No, I'm very uh, I'm doing excited. great. And y- you did great with my name. Oh, well, thank you. I always ask apologies because I'm like, everybody that listens to me know that I am not very good with <laughs> English pronunciation. <laughs> so, Lauren, well, it's very, very good to have you. I've had other Pink Shoe sisters on the show already, and so the audience know what we are all about. But each one of us has such an interesting and amazing story. I know we connected well when we met each other for our first TV interview in Connecticut. So I'm very excited that you're here. Oh, my. I, I am, I'm just so honored and blessed to be a part of our Pink Shoe Sister group and the Women in Business book. And, and I don't say that lightly. Yeah, well, and you know, anybody that has read your chapter or will read it after this interview will agree that you're an inspiration. You and I shared that we have, we probably one of the few women in the group that have really small children. You have smaller children than me and you have three of them. Yes, yes, I've got, um, my oldest will be turning six on Sunday. Congrats. Thank you. And then my middle child turned four in March and then my baby turned two in March. Yeah. And that I'm sure that now I could hear the audience saying, wow. And you have a very successful company. You run your own business and you're doing all this always with a smile and a very good attitude. Yeah, I love it. Yeah. So I I run Barkowski Life Safety and we're a national company and we're based in Illinois, but we have a private presence all throughout the United States. Yeah, and that, and that's unbelievable. And I know when we were chatting, some of our, you know, conversations, of course, among women CEOs, it's about business, but then a lot of it revolves around, you know, the kids and how we managing to to do certain things. So it's always encouraging to to have that that support. But uh, you know, I want to start. You you obviously founded your own company and you had a very successful career so far, but. One of the purposes here, it's in Back to Basics, is to make, you know, a connection with who we were in in our younger years and how people that really achieve the greater success are the ones that uh, have stayed true to their passions. So tell me about Lauren uh, growing up and what what you like doing and what you enjoy your family. Yeah. So growing up, you know, I would say... um we were, we were not financially well off to say the least. So I used my imagination a lot and family was the most important thing to us, the most important thing. And 
I remember it was like every day was an adventure because were we going to grandma's house? Are we going to go to aunt Millie's house? And who were we going to see? Were we going, you know, who were we going to be with? Because we were always together. My cousins might as well have been my brothers and sisters. So that was, that was the foundation of everything. And it continues to be the foundation of everything. Yeah. I know you're big in families all over your chapter and which part of the U S were you born in? We, I'm raising my children the same way. What was that? What, which part of the U.S. Uh, were you born in and, and where did you grow up? Born and raised Chicagoland. Oh, so okay. I was okay. born in Oak Lawn at Christ Hospital. I grew up in Oak Forest, which is about 20 miles south of Chicago. I have lived in the city of Chicago and I lived in North Carolina for a short period of time for work. Uh, when I was previously employed for a company before I started my own business. But then I came back and now I'm in Tinley Park. I'm on the same street I grew up in, oh, just wow. three miles south in a different town. Wow, that's great. That's great. I can relate to that. I come from that kind of background. And I think there's certain, you know, benefits of kind of staying in, in, in the same area where you grew up and were raised. But growing up, I loved... I loved music and I was very passionate about, uh, I wanted to be a fashion designer, stories, whether they, you know, whether it was watching a movie and the story that came out of that movie or listening to stories, I had a very active imagination and we, we were never bored. That's good. Well, uh, did you pursue anything in music? Were you, were you learning anything or you just liked it and, but never pursue any musical instrument? I, I did play, um, I played the organ for a while, but it wasn't, you, you know, I, I think what had happened was financially, you know, we were well off for a, a moment in time and then everything went south. And so certain things, you know, just didn't happen anymore. So yeah, I just, I just always loved music though. So I love listening to music still. I'm just very, I love going to live concerts. I love watching people and you know, seeing the talent that people have when they play instruments. Yeah, nine with you. That's fun. And so as you were growing up in your teenage years, anything in, in, did you visualize besides, you know, fashion designer seems pretty cool. Was there a moment where you thought about pursuing that or that was just something like in your creative mind, but then when the time comes to study or pursue any other career, you kind of digress from that? Yeah, so in my teenage years, I was very rebellious. So if my parents said, I have to turn left, I would just go right. Um, <laughs> so I would always, was always pushing that envelope, but I still, I had such a passion for fashion design. I would make my own clothes. I would make certain things for my friends. I still have to this day, the first shirt I ever made. Okay. I was dead set on pursuing a career in fashion design. And at the time, you know, when I went to my parents and said, I, I want to be a fashion designer, I want to, I'm going to move to New York and, and go to school there. And they said, Lauren, hold on. Why don't you go to community college first, get your associates, get your gen eds out of the way. And if you still want to do this, we support you. But okay. So I went to community college. And while I was there, I actually got a lead on a job that I was, I looked at it as a summer job and it was being the receptionist in a job site trailer for a new hospital that was going up in the city. And I said, this is a great opportunity to, to make better money 
than I would have been making anywhere else. And I can save up money for when I move. I, after a few months of being in the job site trailer and being exposed to construction, I just fell in love with it because I saw a correlation between fashion design and construction. Okay. I'm going to have to ask about that one. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. A lot of people usually do. I don't um, blame them. I I definitely (laughs) want to hear that correlation. Yeah. So, you know, when I was learning how to sew, I would take a pattern and, you know, you you follow the instructions and this one dimensional piece of paper in front of you at the end becomes this three dimensional work of art. And as I could read drawings and I realized like, wow, this is, this is second nature to me. I'm, I'm not having a problem reading these drawings. This makes sense to me. This is just, this is a blueprint to me. This is like a pattern. It's telling you how to build this. And at the end, you're going to have this three-dimensional work of art. And, and I was hooked. I was like, this is, this is so neat. And I really hadn't been exposed to the construction industry before. I didn't even know that was a possibility. And, and here I was like, this is, this is so neat to me. And, and I fell in love and I stayed at that company for seven years. Wow, that's amazing. And I love that you make that point because I think some of our industries, you know, construction, some in telecom, some people, they just kind of think or say, well, that's a boring industry. And they kind of dismiss it right, right ahead, you know, like, okay, I don't want to do that. And that, and then you have that kind of feedback where you can make that correlation between fashion and construction. And, and, and that's really neat. Yeah. And and also like, just speaking to that point of, you know, it being boring, it's construction to me is so exciting because you could be on the worst project ever and you know, in about a year, it's going to be over. So it doesn't even matter. You know, so I could I could go through the city of Chicago or various different places and just see buildings we've worked on. And it's like, we've really left our mark here. And every day is different. Every project is different. You don't find yourself going to the same place day after day, year after year. If you're, if you're you know, out in the field, out in the, working in the job site trailers, even, you know, as the owner of this company. Yeah, I... I have my home base, my office, but it's so exciting to just go to different jobs and see them year over year. Mm, that's cool. So from the moment you got into that path, you never like look back into fashion. You just said, I really like these and, and you kept on that path. You know, I dabbled in it for a while because I, I wasn't sure. I wasn't sure if I was, you know, am I giving up my dream? And then I realized, you know what? No, I'm not. This is this is so exciting for me. And then when I had the opportunity to start my own company, it was like now I have the opportunity to create a legacy for myself and for my family. That's so cool. So, so no. I love it. And and then you really are committed to your company which you founded in 2010, correct? Yes. And uh, I love that your chapter in the book is called the building the dream team. And then you pose the question, is it really possible? So I learned a lot. I have to say, this is all good stuff that you wrote in here. And I like it, how you position yourself as, you know, the builder of a dream team. So I take it. Do you think you have a dream team right now? I do. It's taken us 10 years to get here. (laughs) And, you know, people do come and go and I, and I get that, but the team that we have right now is, they're special. They're just special. Um, there's passion that I don't 
see nowadays. Um, they've got a drive. They've got, there's just, there's just something in their soul that's like, you know what, we're ready. We're hungry. We want this as much as you. And it's like, as the owner and the founder, there's, there's just nothing, there's just nothing like that when you, when you finally get there. Well, I can take, I can say you're a special, you know, boss because not, you don't hear a lot of leaders uh, speaking with such a familiarity about their team. And that I think makes you special. I, I respect that very much where I come from, my, being my dad, the founder of, of our own company, I always see certain, you know, approachability. And I always tell him when people feel that the CEO is more approachable than one of the managers, that, that says a lot. And that's, I, I'm pretty sure that's how it is in your case. That's how it is in, in our company, that people sometimes feel like more comfortable going to my dad to something that to <laughs> some of the other people, which is crazy. Yeah. Yeah. I, I definitely understand that, you know, it's in, and then again, you know, as I write my chapter, sometimes I, you know, I want to make sure that my team has understands that they have autonomy in situations. You know, they were hired for a reason and I trust them and I trust their judgment and pretty much nothing is irreparable. I mean, there's, there's, there's some big oopses, but for the most part, you know, a lot of things can be fixed. So just, own your position, make your decisions and stand by them too. You know, if I don't agree with your decision, we can talk about it, but you know, at least stand by it with some conviction. I totally and agree. We, in fact, you yeah, say we have that what, understanding. Yeah. And one of the things you, uh, one of your advices in your chapter that I really liked is to hire for enthusiasm, yeah. not for experience, which of course you say, well, don't take me to literal. The experience is important, but <laughs> The enthusiasm and the passion, and you just mentioned it, that you can, you don't know how to instill that in people. If people don't have it, they don't have it. And that's it. Nope, exactly. Yeah. I mean, obviously, if, you know, if we are hiring an accountant or a CFO, you need to, you need to have accounting skills. But when you look at things, you know, all things being equal, like I'm going to hire the more passionate candidate. And, and I also said it, you don't, it's not about be, being passionate for the construction industry either. It's just, are you passionate for anything? Because if you have passion for something, it means you can develop passions for other things. Mm, interesting. And, and so, Lauren, in, in terms of your company and what you want to achieve, like what's your vision for, for your company and for your journey? So, you know, my, my overall vision for my company is to be the go-to life safety company for facilities on a national basis. So we're on our way there. Um, you know, we want to be that company that the hospital in Nebraska calls on when they're, they're having a joint commission inspection and they, they, they want to make sure that they're ready. Like they know what they call Bart Kowski. Things are going to get right. They're going to get done correctly. It's going to get done on time and they're going to pass their inspections. We want to be that authority. We want to be that resource. We want to be an asset to our clients. We want to be viewed as an asset and also as part of their team. Um, another, when we're, when we're working on new construction out of the ground projects, what I've noticed is we've transitioned from, okay, well, we're ready for you. Send us a number and we're going to bring you in on the front end before before they've started digging a hole. So we can make sure that our designs work with their designs. And 
so we've really, that's how we've differentiated ourselves. So we, we do a lot of pre-construction now on our end with our clients. And I can tell you it's made all the difference in the world. And that's how we've got these opportunities throughout the country. Yeah, definitely execution is such an important part. And now, obviously, you are in a male-dominated industry as well. What have they been the, like the biggest challenges? Has it been all easy or you've, you've like me, have faced some of those, uh, let's say, cliches of things that you can expect <laughs> when you go into a male-dominated industry? Yeah, I mean, it, it's all the same. I'm sure it's like a checklist and I can <laughs> check the same boxes Um, you know, of the ageism and the sexual harassment, you know, and just being called names. And, you know, it, it, you, you had mentioned in your chapter developing a thick skin. And it's, it's funny because I had just recently put that in one of our job descriptions is like, you know, you can tell people in this industry, you got it, you, you have to have a thick skin and people will say, oh yeah, no problem. I've got it. But it's like, no, I really mean it. <laughs> This is going to try you. Um, and, and people are going to say things to you and you, you just, it's not you, it's them. And even if they say it's you, it's still them. So yes. just, no, I, I, um, <laughs> when, the other thing though, it's, it, it was so interesting though, reading your chapter when you mentioned the imposter syndrome, because I had never heard of that before. And when I read it, I related with that so much. And I, And I can say when I talk, when we talk about like barriers and whatnot, like I definitely was one of my own barriers as well because of that imposter syndrome. Yeah, it's recurring with women and it's, uh, and, and I'm with you. I, I was, didn't even know it existed until, you know, you start digging into it and it's like, oh, and it's common. And the more people like, the more other women you talk to, they, they all agree that we have all felt certain ways and degrees of this and And, and it's the same with when they say that we don't, we don't take, you know, we don't blow our own whistle, like saying we're good, I can do this. We always undersell ourselves more than, you know, sometimes the men, they oversell themselves. <laughs> and so we have like almost a gap there where we're always kind of cu cutting ourselves a little bit short of what we can do because we don't want to oversell ourselves. And then also once you, I don't know, like if you feel the same way, but like once you start to experience the successes, it's like, well, is this because of me? And do I deserve this? Or, oh no, this is all smoke and mirrors and it's going to fall apart any minute, you know? Um, yeah, you feel a and, little bit and, like, hmm, this is a, <laughs> like now yeah. we're getting, a, I have to say, we're getting a lot of attention with our book and I love it that, you know, at least we are helping raise the awareness. Yeah. And, uh, but it's, it feels a little bit like that, like, wow, I'm not used to all <laughs> people wanting me right. to talk. <laughs> right. Like, can I really put best-selling author after my name now? Yeah. It's just like, it's exciting, but like, is this real? <laughs> yes. But uh, one of our pink shoe sisters, Marcy, that uh, she, she, I interviewed her already. She said, well, that's ours. No one can take it away from us now. <laughs> I loved when she said that. Yeah, we put like, it in and then no one up. takes it away from us. Um, so, Lauren, you, I know when, when you and I were having lunch uh, last time we saw each other, we talk a lot about success and work-life balance. And I love the part in your chapter when you describe success to you and you say success to me is peaceful when the days, weeks, months, and years. And I look back and ask myself, have I experienced more happiness, smiles, and love than I have stress, frustration, and worry? 
that's a question you ask yourself. And then if, if the answer, you know, to all that is uh, yes, then, you know, you'll be successful. I love that. Yeah, it's, it's what I truly believe. I mean, honestly, it's like if I can look back and and know I've had more smiles and tears and I know I've been successful in everything I've done. And the question, the million dollar question is, I know, I know you're saying, you know, down the road when I think of, but now that you're in the middle of it, like when you're making things happening, do you feel one way or the other? Do you feel there's more stress or do you feel there's more smiles? I'm going to say I feel like there's more smiles because even with everything that's going on right now and, you know, um, I've, I have a kindergartner and a pre-K three, so it's like preschool three year. Um, my youngest still isn't in school, but so they abruptly had to end their school year, like every other kid throughout the United States. And all of a sudden I'm, I'm homeschooling and I really don't know what I'm doing, but we had a great school and, and they were amazing with their structure. And so I'm homeschooling certain days in the morning and working in the afternoon into the night. And I'm not going to lie, the first few weeks, I'm like, what? what am I doing? This is, uh, this is, I'm feeling the stress. And then I realized like my daughter's, my, my preschooler, she's getting her shapes more than when, you know, than she did all year. She's writing her name clearer than she did all year. This one-on-one time with me is, is really valuable. And once that clicked with me and this wasn't just another thing I had to do every day, but it was like, no, this is an opportunity for me because this is, I'm not going to have this again. Like I'm not going to homeschool my kids again, unless obviously there's emergency learning situation, but it was like, you know what? I'm, I'm going to seize this opportunity because it will end. It's going to pass. And once I accepted it and didn't try to resist it anymore, it's like, I, I, I'm loving it. I'm loving being with them every day. Yeah, it sounds to me like you're in the present moment, which is a great thing. That everything we, we read and it's all about, I was just listening to the Oprah Super Soul Conversations, which, by the way, this is a podcast, but when people ask me my ideal podcast, that's it, okay? Queen Oprah and her podcast are my <laughs> my inspiration. And uh, she she had an episode with Eckhart Tollhart and, and, and they kept saying, you know, the now, the now, and I know how... And cliche it sounds, but it's true. And I felt exactly the same way, exactly in the same situation as you're in where priorities and you have a business call and then you have your child knocking on your door, like just two minutes ago, while I'm taping this podcast, they're banging on my door. I had to mute it. And, and you think, what am I going to do? And then you realize that there's no priority bigger than taking them through this process in the best way because this is very 100 yeah right this is very traumatic for them and it doesn't have to be they don't feel it's traumatic but one day when they're older and they know oh well yeah you were for five months or four months or right now almost three months in the house without going out they're gonna wonder how they did it that yep and, and you just mentioned like with the children banging on the door and um you know i'm always trying to look for the silver lining like there's, there, there is a positive to everything. And what I've been saying is the silver lining to all this is that it, it has normalized us as people, you know, like we all do have families and, or, you know, just pets or whatever that is. And, you know, 
it's so normal now for when you're on a Zoom call or a meeting, if your child pops into the to the front or the background or your 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 cat's jumping up on your computer, it's like it's it's become normal, at least in all the meetings that I've attended. And I'm oh, like, yeah, even Good Morning like America, I see the hosts with their dogs on them all all show long. <laughs> yeah, so Which I think is it's kind just of normalized nice. us. Yeah, you know, we don't have to be so uber professional all the time and worry about these things that really are just they just don't really matter in the big picture. Yeah, I think a lot of the of the stress that we live by, it's it's self-imposed. And I agree with you 100 percent. I hope we get this, you know, out of this experience It's a positive. I hope it endures where we just are more relaxed about a lot of things that are just self-imposed. You know, everybody has kids. Well, most people have kids and they can relate to like your kid uh, wanting to say something to you. Very good, Lauren. So I'm such a big fan. I could keep talking forever, but I want to give you like an open opportunity to highlight anything in terms of your challenges or your struggle or even what the our, my podcast is about, which is what makes you tick. Uh, obviously, your kids are one of those reasons, but when things get really rough or and you had a bad day and you need to just gain your energy again and get inspired again about what you're doing, do you have any ritual or anything you want to share on how you reconnect to yourself? Oh, yeah. Well, well first of all, like the, the title of your podcast, Back to Basics, brings me back to my childhood. Because there was a book called Back to Basics that I think it was from National Geographic that they put out. And it was a staple in our house. So we oh. always, hey, get the Back to Basics book. Uh, I have um, to check that out. I didn't it, know. Yeah. Yeah. It was about everything in terms of like, you know, how to plant a garden, how to do preserving. Oh, okay. I'm sure. I'm sure that uh, that's a searchable thing online. I'm going to look it up. Thanks for the yes. tip. Yes. But yeah, I, I, I am a creature of habit. I do have my own rituals and things that I like to do. Um, and I, and I'm, I'm a pretty structured person most of the time as well. So in the morning I'll usually run or do yoga or different types of stretching exercises just to kind of get my mind right. I like to wake up earlier than everybody else. So I have my own time in the morning and in the afternoon, if I do have some time, um, if I can steal away, I absolutely, I love gardening. I, I bake bread every single week for the family. I love canning. I make, we make all our own jams. So I'm, I'm really into, into that type of, um, you know, working with my hands and, and making my own food. And um, if I need to recharge at night and I, and I get an hour to myself, I'm going to pour myself a glass of red wine and either listen to some music or read a book. That sounds like I could connect to that too. <laughs> well, this has been great, Lauren. I really appreciate for taking the time um, to talk to us. And I definitely, as I've been um, recommended to everybody that wants to check out uh, our book, Women in Business Leading the Way. And this is Lauren Sustek. And I mean, there's so many incredible stories from each and every woman out there that, that I am very lucky to to have met you all and also to have you here at Back to Basics. Leticia, thank you so much. I am honored and I am looking forward to the day where we can meet in person again. Yes. I, for the audience, we were, we were, this virus stole us from the get together and the celebration of our book, making it an Amazon bestseller and mm -hmm. all the 
promotion and amazing things we were going to do, but uh, we will get to there. We will get there. We will. We, we will. I know we will. Thank you, Lauren. Thank you so much and stay safe. Same to you, Leticia. Talk to you later. Bye. And until the next time. Bye.